Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, we witnessed some shocks and surprises after the first round of Six Nations action over the weekend. We're keeping a keen eye on it as we will cross over with a couple of these Six Nations sides at the Rugby World Cup later on this year. To talk all about it, we've got Leinster legend Ethan Athewa coming up. But first, this was... The start of all shocks, Scotland upsetting England and retaining the Calcutta Cup. Ben White to two Piloto. This should be a try for Hugh Jones. Shot talks for holidays of conversion. And off this time, go Scotland. Good work, we do have that remember. This is astonishing. Here's Ellis Gage, Stewart, chance on the outside. Lewis Ludlow to Millens. Ethan Athewa, as someone that has played uh, and lived over in the UK for many, many years, how entertained were you after watching Scotland beat England? Oh man, I uh, jumped straight into it, Kirsty. It was (laughs) damn awesome, to be honest. Um, Any win at Twickenham is pretty special, but uh, for the Six Nations to go as it did like that, it was. It was phenomenal. That'll go down as a classic in the Scotland fans for for a long time to come. That was a crazy uh, first round of Six Nations. It was so entertaining to watch uh, on this side of the world. And Dwayne Van der Merwe's being compared to John Olomu in Rugby 08. What did you make of his game? Man, it was it was a pretty phenomenal solo solo try. Um, uh, it was you know yeah for fifty out to score the way he did and to beat those sort of five or six defenders. It was. A phenomenal try, but he had an all-round very good game. And for him to cap it off in the second half with another and go in for a double, it was it was pretty phenomenal. And, and he's a big lad. He's, I think he's about a metre 93, solid guy. Um, he's had a sterling season already, but, you know, a try like that. You always want to win that game if you score a try like that because it will be remembered forever. <laughs> yeah, it will be, you're right. Um, Issa, um, another one of those big calls, Townsend during the week was uh, copying a lot of questions about um, bringing Hugh Jones back into the side, pairing up Tupelotu in the centres there. He was amazing. Yeah, I mean, the, the combo, the Hua-Pelotu combo. Uh, what a fantastic call to, to reunite those guys together. Yeah, it was a phenomenal call. And, and just the like the subtle skills both of them have and the little touches in behind with the grubber and their sort of eyes up rugby. Like mm. that that whole script was was Scotland to a T under Gregor Townsend. He's always wanted them to play an open, flowing brand of rugby and the forwards delivered most first and foremost and it sort of gave the, the backs the capability to sort of open up and play and you know, they've got a master at 10 that can just sort of orchestrate everything. Mm. And, but that, that, that midfield pairing, was, it was phenomenal. Issa, um, there's a bit of a meme going around the NFL at the moment. It's um, that uh, when teams don't go to the script that the NFL is written to, which is which is a big thing saying that that's all, uh, it's all rigged. Um, look, I, I think uh, the English players obviously didn't get the script, the Eddie Jones script that the fish heads at England Rugby Board would have would have been hoping for. Yeah, that, that, they're a rebuilding team, uh, no matter the, which way you look at it. And, you know, for that to happen at Twickenham, um, uh, 
is huge, especially, you know, so so close to World Cup coming up. Um, yeah, didn't go to script at all. Um, you know, Marcus Smith, pretty big game for him, really, um, in, in what's a huge 12 months for him. Mm. So, yeah, it was it was phenomenal. Great, great day to be a Scotland fan um, at Twickenham, for sure. What, what did we learn about these two sides heading into the Rugby World Cup? How good is Scotland and where are England at? Are they going to be competitive Rugby World Cup time? Oh, I think, you know, the, the evolution of that Scotland team, they're, they're quite a way ahead of the English side if yeah. you look at a team that's rebuilding. Um, their, their pairings, um, a lot of Glasgow pairings and the like, and a, a lot of partnerships that are already formed in that Scotland team, um, they performed, though. You know, I, uh, they performed to a tee and, and delivered. And that is Gregor Townsend-style rugby. He... Um, you know, he does like to throw it around. And when it clicks uh, with Finn Russell there, it, it really does click. Um, you know, it's just about them backing it up, you know. Um, I think that's the most important thing that they'll want to try and do. Well, let's talk about Ireland uh, getting one over Wales. Not a happy return for Warren Gatland, but probably as expected. How good is this Irish side? Can they be beaten this year? Oh, look, like they... Uh... They, they went into that game sort of number one in the world, and rightly so. Yeah. And, you know, no matter what has happened with Wales in the off-season with Peabach leaving and and uh, Warren coming in, um, they were already ahead of the game. And and those guys really stepped up. You look at, you know, Jamo, Jamison Gibson-Park goes yeah. down before kickoff. Connor Murray steps in, and it was flawless. It's mm-hmm. probably the best game I've seen from him in a long time. And, you know, you had Dan Sheehan up front, James Ryan, Josh van der Fleer, you know, all these guys taking a lot of pressure off Johnny Sexton at 10, who was just directing them all around the mm. field. But when everyone else steps up, that they played their game to a tee and they had blown them out of the park in the first 20 minutes. Um, when you have a win like this, there's a lot of coaches out there who actually like to, to try and pick apart the weaknesses in a side's performance. Um, did you see any from, from your point of view uh, watching that game? Oh, look, they were, that was a complete performance, really. Um, you know, some some coaches will pull it apart and say, you know, they took their foot off the throttle in the second half, but the reality is probably Wales stepped up and probably played to their potential in the second half to keep it seven apiece. But um, that's what a good Irish team can do. And when Johnny's on his game and the forwards are on the game and everyone's on their game, they just, they just play their pass and... Yeah, they're going to be a hard team to beat. You know, the the, the French, you know, will get better as each week goes on. But, um, you know, James Lowe, uh, Hugo mm-hmm. Keenan, all these guys are just just play their part in a, in a team that really knows how to play. So it's, um, you know, pretty impressive in the, in the first 40 minutes of that match. I don't want to put the jinx on, Asa, but this Irish team, it's not peaking too early, is it? <laughs> they, that's I think has been the talking point since before the All Blacks tour occurred. <laughs> they, uh, they, 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 they planned for this and they knew what was coming. Yeah. Um, and you know, for you know, Jamo's been the the heartbeat and the tempo setter of that team. And for him to unfortunately get injured and Connor Murray mm. to step in, that was a positive sign. Mm. So even when he does come back into the mix, um, you know, no doubt that they'll try and go up a level. Um, they weren't a hundred percent clean on defence, um, but they really covered each other, um, which was pr- pretty impressive as well. So you know, they're just they're just worried about 
you know, getting better each week. And I think that's what this coaching group has done. And, and they've, they've earned the right to be sort of number one in the world, in my eyes. Absolutely. The Six Nations competition has to be the best comp in the world because it keeps on giving. Next up, Ireland will face uh, the ultimate test when they take on France, of course. But let's let's talk about France. They scraped home against Italy. No one would have probably picked a scoreline quite as close as what we got. 29-24. Was that just a case of, of uh, first match rust? Or can you see Italy actually upsetting some teams in this year's Six Nations? Oh, well, you've got to... You know, whether they'll get a win or not is always the big question. Yeah. But, you know, they did beat Wales and they did beat Aussie coming off the back of the end of last season. Yeah. So they were going into that game on a high, um, massively. And, you know, they they would have ridden into that and that's how the Italian teams do it. Um, you know, the French, they're pretty phenomenal when they want to be, you know. And when they want to play, they can turn it on. Sometimes they can just play to do enough. Um, yeah. and, and I sort of felt like they were maybe just doing enough to keep their, their their nose in front, and they did it enough by the end of the day. But their class did shine through when it needed to be. But you know, Antoine Dupont, uh, Intermark, these guys—they're they're not they're not young stars anymore from four years ago. These guys have been part of a team that has won over the last four years mm-hmm. and just get better and better and better. So the experience in these guys is phenomenal. But uh, Antoine Dupont, you know. He's one of the best players in the world right now and has been for a long time. Well, that gives us a great opportunity to look forward to next week uh, where the Irish are taking on the French at home. Uh, geez, that's going to be early in the tournament. That's a, that's a huge game. Yeah, that's huge. Um, uh, that's huge. It's sort of been a bogey as to how this Irish team sort of have got a, you know, have muscled up against them in the forwards, but they've countered that in the last 12 months. Um, you know, even... Even in the, even what they've done you know, against the All Blacks and then leading into this game and then and then every step they've matched it um, and some and you know with Kalen Doris and Dan Sheehan and and all these guys playing to their potential, um, oh, it's going to be a cracker. It's it'll, it'll be one of the games of the tournament. Um, this game against France next week. Um, Michael, one of our uh, avid listeners here has texted and said that the Six Nations have introduced a shot clock um, ban the pre line out huddles. This was great. Yeah, um, mate, it sped up the game remarkably. Um, did you enjoy watching the product a bit more? I thought it was phenomenal. You know, yeah. such such subtle changes made a massive difference uh, from a viewership and entertainment point of view. Mm. There was just no dead time, yeah. and and it seemed to flow through every single match. So, oh, like. When they can make a little change like that and it speeds up the game from an entertainment point of view, bring it on. Um, because, you know, every single stadium was full. That's the beauty about Six Nations. Mm. It's, it's just chaos um, as a fan at those matches and, <laughs> and there's just so much entertainment in it. But those two subtle differences, I, and I, I believe, made a, made a massive difference from a viewership point of view. Just quickly off the um, Six Nations topic, um, I saw Stewart run over. I um, can't remember exactly who it was who, who went in for a low tackle around the around the legs, around the hips, and that's the new rule that um, the English Rugby Union has brought into community footy. What's your take on it, mate? Um, I, I've been knocked out numerous times as a schoolboy rugby player trying to go low on some big boys. Uh, do you think it's the uh, solution to, to getting head knocks out of the game? Highly doubt it, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I'm uh, hard to pick sides on this, but I don't think just going low is going to solve this, um, mm. the head knock issue going forward. You know, there, there was so many different ways to tackle that you had to put your body on the line. Yeah. And that was the reality of contact sport. But, you know, going low 
you know, the ball carrier has more than 50% to do with half the net head knock. So depending on what they do, I I have no idea. You know, only time will tell with any new trial and any of the rules. Um, You know, it'll either be a positive or it'll be a negative, but I think there'll be a hell of a lot more head knocks um, and that it's never going to go away. Asa, uh, just before we let you go, and we so appreciate your time on this Waitangi weekend as well. Those three matches over the weekend were so exciting. They were great products to watch. How fizzed up does this get you for Rugby World Cup later this year? Oh, man, I love it. Yeah. It, was, it was honestly, it wasn't, you know, I remember getting up in the early hours of the morning watching Five Nations with my dad when I was five <laughs> years old and it was boring, raining rugby at the old Lansdowne Road. That was not the product. And yeah. the stadiums were full, the fans are back, and and the build-up, everyone knows that World Cup's coming. Yeah. Um, and it just makes every single week so much more important from a player and coach's point of view. But from a fan's point of view, the, the, the number of tries scored over the weekend was phenomenal. And, you know, that shows you how far the Northern Hemisphere has continued to go um, and the brand of rugby they're trying to play. So it'll it'll set up nicely in the lead-up to the World Cup. Great tries as well. Little chip kicks, running rugby, 60-metre tries. We saw it all over the weekend. We literally saw yeah, it all. And I urge you all, if you haven't watched it, go and watch that. It's, it's worth getting up for, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. The highlights were phenomenal. Um, yeah. But the match and the intensity of the match was was past and beyond Test Match footy. And that's what Six Nations does. And it'll just get better and better as the weeks go on. Asa, thank you so much for coming on the programme. Uh, we so appreciate it. And, and we'll talk to you shortly as well. Cheers. Cheers, cheers much. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Asa Nathiwa joining us there to talk all things Six Nations. And I tell you what, it gets me bloody pumped. Did you watch the Six Nations over the weekend? If you did, what did you think of the action? Should we be worried as All Blacks fans? I loved the way that these Six Nations sides were playing. As Asa said, it wasn't that boring style of rugby that we've come to know from the Northern Hemisphere. It was exciting. Uh, It was a great product to watch. uh, And it was a great product to watch on TV as well.